here, here's my mental load checklist that you're not even aware of because I don't know how to articulate all of the extra stuff that I have to do and worry about. Um, it's like an impossible, it's that dumb checklist that you just like can't even, you can't put it on your fridge because it literally would just, it would never end and you would never ever really get the satisfaction of checking it completely off. Hello, and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Jamie King. And I'm Elise Mason. We're founders who also happen to be cousins and best friends. After over a decade of working together, we're pulling back the curtain and getting raw and real about the messy business of work and the reality and sometimes fantasy of what it's like to be your own boss. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Hi, Elise. How are you? I am kind of fired up. How are you feeling? <laughs> um, that's one way to put it. <laughs> I've been on like, I've been on a little bit of an, I, I would call it my unpopular, perhaps unpopular opinion war path um, over the last, I don't know, 24 hours, let's say. Yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. What's on your mind? Okay. <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. Um, Like I said, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I am just really, really tired of the shaming that's been going on from everybody that sort of decides somehow because they read one article or saw like somebody else's Instagram post that all of a sudden they're full of knowledge on some subject and then they therefore are sort of superior or an expert on that subject. And in that superiority on the subject, they then feel empowered to judge others. (laughs) And I'm just so tired of it. Um, And I'll tell you how, why I feel this so deeply this week. Um, I woke up to a DM from a friend of mine um, who I don't, get to see regularly and not just because of pandemic but she just doesn't we don't live in the same city anymore and it was a very sweet dm and it was sort of an ask to just tag her in something and um you know lift each other up so i obliged and i posted a photo (laughs) um, in black and white because that was the instruction and i wrote the little caption and then you know i went about my day I don't usually post selfies or black and whites. And so it was like a little bit like an ask where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I really like this person and I feel honored that she reached out to me in this really nice way. So I'm going to post it. So I post it. And then several hours later, all this stuff starts to pop up online. There are people literally like pointing their fingers and shaming others because this black and white selfie sort of, and I won't call it a challenge, but movement started because um, of sort of all of the abuse, um, domestic abuse and violence against women in Turkey. Um, And I will be the first to admit that I did not know that there was a campaign going on um, around this issue in Turkey. And of course, I feel deeply for these women And of course, I would, you know, support these women in their stand against violence and abuse. Um, But I just didn't know. I wasn't aware that this was happening, that it was circulating. Um, It hadn't sort of made its way, you know, into my universe right now. 
And I'm willing to bet that about 95% of the people who are pointing fingers and judging and sort of being, you know, the great explainer of where this movement (laughs) began, learned about the movement because of everybody posting black and white selfies. And then all of a sudden felt really empowered to point their fingers at everybody who didn't know when they themselves probably didn't know about it, you know, a week ago. And they themselves probably can't even find Turkey on a map. (laughs) And I just, I'm just tiring of like, tiring? (laughs) That's not a word. (laughs) Proof that you really are tired. (laughs) I'm so tired that I'm tiring. Um, I'm just really tired of the constant shaming. and like the shoulds and the things that we're doing to people um, versus just like supporting them. And I don't know, and maybe educating one another with empathy and understanding. I think there's such a different approach to this game of like, I'm going to post something and tell you why my post is better than your post. And here's all the things I know now versus, Hey, you know what? I didn't know this before either. And I saw this, you know, black and white photo thing happening. And then after investigation, I found these things out. So I just want to help you spread that message as well, because I was so affected by this. And here's what I've learned versus like to all of you posting these things. Like, I mean, because chances are you didn't know about this yesterday either. And you just had the sort of luxury of time (laughs) um, where all of this surfaced um, and you weren't sort of amongst the first of the group to post. Um, And so I don't know. It's just kind of like, I don't know. Don't make everybody feel like shit Um, because you got the download, you know, after the fact and you had that luxury of time to sort of assemble your thoughts and then become an expert on this. Instead, just use your power to like educate and uplift each other. And I think you'd find that most of us like, you know, we weren't posting those things to be to saturate that feed. And in fact, once I understood what it was about, I just deleted, you know, I deleted the post and I don't want to saturate, oversaturate a feed that is actually for a great cause and for, you know, standing up for women in Turkey. Like, that's not what I'm about. But, you know, you can't like sit there and point your finger at somebody if you yourself didn't know like two seconds before. And also stop posting stories and like becoming the like judge on this stuff um, when you learned about it like two minutes beforehand. Right. Because then you're still distracting from the conversation that should be happening so that you can pose with your SJW bona fides and prove that you're the wokest of them all. And it's just putting us all in this weird, like fight or flight constant state, right? Where everything is so reactive and reflexive and we're not really allowing each other to like have that time to listen and really helping each other grow and do that through kindness. Instead, we're just like on the attack and then we're on the defense And I think we're tiptoeing a lot because we're afraid that maybe if we put something out there or we take a chance on something, someone might rip us to shreds. And it's like, I don't know. Do I need extra judgmental words? (laughs) Like, I don't think that I do. (laughs) Like, I feel like I can digest things and understand them. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I can say, hey, I was wrong to post that. I, I honestly, I didn't know this campaign was happening. Thank you for like letting me know. And I certainly don't want to like distract from that. Um, I don't want to, you know, be somebody who's like putting my voice over the voices that actually need to be heard around that. 
But like pointing your finger and judging others just because you didn't do it before you learned about it, you know, two seconds before doesn't make you morally superior. It doesn't make you any more well-read, any more, <laughs> doesn't make you any more well-versed. And, you know, chances are, like I said, you probably don't even know where Turkey is on a map. <laughs> and I do, because oh, I've been with you, actually. Yeah, we went to Turkey. We did. Anyways, I'm sorry. That has been my, like, super rant. Um, I did a post yesterday because I was just like, I'm so tired of, like, feeling this, like, constant shame cycle and judgment. It's just coming from so many corners right now. And wouldn't it be better if we just, like, took a minute to realize that we're not all a judge, (laughs) that we're not all experts on every topic? I think with internet – and like content and access all at our fingertips. We all just like, we read something and then we all feel like we must know more than somebody else on that subject. When most of us are just learning and we're listening and we're figuring it out. Um, I don't know. So maybe like take a step back with your judgments, suspend them a little bit. (laughs) Think before you speak, think before you point your finger and shame others. Oh, preach. Yes. (laughs) I've been feeling sort of a similar frustration, but from a different source. Um, We talked about this black and white thing yesterday before I knew it was about Turkey. You just educated me on that. So thank you. Um, And I was like, this is so dumb. It's just social media chain mail. Who needs an excuse to post a selfie? Anyway, now I know better. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But there is, so I'm having my own like sort of whiplash from social social justice warriors battling each other um and this is from a new facebook group that i'm in and it was it's a facebook group called the wall of moms austin and it was basically created as a placeholder or so the admins say um in case federal troops come to austin and we need a wall of moms like you have in portland um so you know create this group you're like invite your mom friends or really anyone who wants to join the wall of moms there's no requirement to be a mom. And this group, which is supposed to just be like a place where they can post information about, you know, where to show up and what to wear or tactical kind of things has turned into this bloodbath of people just ripping each other to shreds over who's the most woke or who used the wrong word for a mom or all these like other really intense conversations. And I'm all for having hard conversations. Like that's a good thing, but this is just, this just feels like performance for the sake of lifting up your own ego and tearing someone else down. It's really ugly in there. Um, So I've been just kind of watching it with like kind of a horrified expression on my face that like, wow emoji that we use. (laughs) And I'm just like, what is happening in here? It's scary in here. I don't like it. And I don't know how people are okay with showing up this way to a bunch of strangers that they're supposed to be like linking arms with in the future. It's so crazy to me how it feels. And maybe this is just, you know, well, it is, it's purely my own speculation and observation, but it feels so crazy to me that during this time where we're so cooped up and we're so disconnected from each other and we're spending so much more time connected, like, through a screen that it's like we've all 
it's like we're all hungry for a reaction and we're all hungry for like, I don't know, we're so distant from that like actual human connection that we like forget that we're all human and we're like used to interacting through screens. And so we're just like, I don't know, we have all this time and sort of pent up energy from being like locked inside our homes for so long that maybe that's where a lot of this is coming from. And it's like everybody's projecting their own insecurities and I don't know. And everybody's going through these like drastic transformations and trying to figure out who they are and why they exist. And it's like, I don't know. And that stuff just manifests in this like really crazy way where you just, I don't know. It's like you become this like toxic person um, (laughs) who needs to like point your finger at other people to make yourself feel better. I mean, that's the only way to sort of rationalize that in my brain. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Like there's got to be something about this like really weird universe that we find ourselves in. And it's not like we were in great shape before the pandemic hit. We were so divided. Everyone was so angry and so tribal. And now it just seems like everyone's lashing out and hurting each other and like being as provocative as possible just, I don't know, to get some kind of any kind of feeling maybe. (laughs) It's crazy. I hate it. I hate it too. And I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm alone in this and I like got, you know, and I'm like sitting up late at night, like thinking about it and feeling really distracted by it. And it's like, sometimes it's people I know and I love who are doing some of the judging and, you know, putting stuff out there that feels really toxic and hurtful. And also sort of, I mean, to be honest, just really self-righteous. <laughs> and I don't know. And I sit there and I think about it and I go, okay, like, how am I contributing to this? And how can I stop this? Um, And I think yesterday, you know, it really, it really fueled my fire to like recognize in myself when I'm doing that, Um, you know, the judgments I'm placing on other people, um, my reactions to things. And I'm trying really hard not to get caught up in that cycle. Like if I'm going to share something that I've discovered online and it's great and it's educational. I want to make sure that I am letting people know that, hey, I'm learning this. I've been listening to this. And I think it would be beneficial that we all do that so that we can learn and listen. Um, but but, I'm, but I am by no means perhaps an authority on this subject, right? Like I think that there's so much room to have conversations versus like blast each other or like, you know, become this like harsh judge on something when you might only have scratched the surface with the information that you actually know. And I think that's where that danger comes in. It's like, we've all become experts on things and yet we're not experts on those things. (laughs) No, we're not. Most of us are not epidemiologists or (laughs) scientists or or people who know what's happening in Turkey or yeah. anything. It's like, I mean, I'm like, are you the like, anything. you know, dispatcher from the, like, are you a news anchor in Turkey? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, are you working, you know, on uh, news related podcasts or are you with NPR correspondent world news? Like, did you know about this already? Because honestly, in some ways, and I, this will be a very unpopular opinion, but in some ways, I think as silly as that challenge accepted whole business was, um, you could say that it raised a lot of people's awareness over what was happening in Turkey, um, because most of us didn't know that was happening. And, you know, it never came across, like, I just never saw it. I just didn't know what was going on. And now I know. And I'm like, okay, 
I listened. I learned. I was like, I don't want to oversaturate the feed. I deleted. Um, And then I read some posts from other people who'd had that same reaction. And there were a lot of things like these feelings of shame or sort of discontentment or sort of this dissatisfaction um, and even self-worth. And I'm like, look what we're doing to people (laughs) Um, over something so silly and, and, and not silly like on the movement side, but like something so silly as like posting something because your friend tagged you in it. Like, I mean, I think we have to give people a little bit more grace than that and a little bit more compassion and empathy and those who are on the same side, like let's recognize that instead of tear them down um, for doing something, you know, like making a mistake or doing something that you perceive is wrong. Um, I don't know. And check ourselves because we're not the judge. And, you know, we, we have to sort of remind ourselves often to like suspend judgment and really, you know, and not sort of create the reality that we've already like conceived of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We really have to break this cycle of hating on each other and ripping each other to shreds and thinking we know everything because we saw one meme or one headline. I'm so glad we just had this conversation. I have been so fired up about this and I finally feel like I just went into like, you know, yoga terms, like (laughs) actually it's your nervous system, but whatever. I'm finally in a resting state. (laughs) (laughs) I've been so fired up today. I like went on an early morning run and I was like fired up about it then and, you know, ranting and raving and I'm sure my friends were like, please stop talking about this, but I couldn't. (laughs) So I'm sorry, Robin. (laughs) And I'm sorry, Nikki. And I'm sorry for the dogs that also had to hear it. And whatever other. It's got to come out. Yeah, whatever other masked strangers we passed along the way, if you heard me. Masked strangers. That's our world. We're all hiding behind screens and our masks, just being yeah. evil to each other. Yeah. And we're all still breathing the same air, you guys. We're all still human. So just remember that, please. <laughs> yes. 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 <sighs> um, anyways, wow. I feel like I've <laughs> gone on and on and on about that. So, um, yeah. And that was just like a complete update on the things I'm – and you and I were both – apparently feeling very fired up about. Um, So I'll just give you a very quick, like super, super quick, unimportant, important news update. Um, So my big update over here is I, (laughs) this is really silly. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope Casey never listens. But I am right now the leading parent in the house. We have gone through this phase where Colby has been like dada's boy Um, and I am, I've kind of taken the crown over for a little bit. Um, and it's kind of nice. Yeah. 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 I'm wearing the crown. You're in the the two-year-old's good graces. That is no small feat. Congratulations. It is not. He just brought me a flower to my desk right before this. Oh. And didn't even say hello to dad. And I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who's wearing the crown (laughs) now? (laughs) Look who's winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> terrible, but that's my update. 
That's funny. My unimportant important news also has to do with my two-year-old son. Um, he has had a mullet for his entire life, or since he's had hair. <laughs> his first haircut that we finally gave him, and I like resisted a haircut forever because his curls were so beautiful. I just love them so much. They are so beautiful. But his first haircut, my husband just cut the top of his head, like buzzed the top of his head to get it out of his face but we left the curls behind so we had a mullet like he was the first person in quarantine with a mullet I promise you this and then we just let it keep growing as a mullet and we would like kind of trim the top but like it was like this beautiful flowing golden curly mullet and it finally reached a point this week where I was like okay this is this is too far this is like bordering on child abuse um this mullet this mullet to be clear CPS just the mullet um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we cut it off and it's really funny because um he looks really cute of course because he's adorable no matter how long his hair is but he actually looks more feminine with like a buzz cut than he did with his long flowing golden curls there's like something about his like head shape or something where we're like actually he looks more feminine now and it's so cute and I love it and I also miss his curls at the same time he's so he's so cute with both looks um and I love his curls and Colby's hair is very long right now too so maybe we'll be uh we'll be the next ones to to see how long we can get that mullet to go we have not we have not had a haircut (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe they could both have mullets I'll just Mm. let Levi's grow back out can't wait to see it (laughs) um I think this is sort of this is kind of a, a perfect day um, for mullets <laughs> um, to talk about <laughs> sort of the, oh, to talk about that, well, it's a very buzzy and very important term, I think, um, mental load. And mm-hmm. I think we're all feeling it extra hardcore these days for so many reasons. Um, I know for me that the mental load is like, Oh, it's all consuming. It feels so exhausting. It's like remembering to give my dog, Abby, her heartworm medication every month to scheduling, you know, well, pre-pandemic playdates for kids to like doing the, you know, finding a bike seat, which I just did this last week on Nextdoor app and then going to retrieve it, you know, and make sure that it's going to fit the bike, et cetera, to making sure you've got a dog sitter or a babysitter or to send the Mother's Day card or the birthday card or the birthday gift or to like, you know, actually send somebody a message and say happy birthday and put it in everybody's calendar. It's like, ah, Um, it's crazy. It's crazy hard. Mental load is a real thing and it's, so weirdly consuming (laughs) so consuming I didn't realize just how much time all that stuff takes up too until I became a mom probably but like just like you said like finding the bike seat and going to get it and making sure it fits and installing it and like even thinking about okay I'm gonna get a bike seat for the kids so that we can ride the bike and then you got to get the helmet and then you got it's just like this snowballing thing of like all these things to hold in your head all the time And it really adds up. It's the dumbest checklist that you ever have to keep. (laughs) And it's like not dumb in the sense that like it does, it's meaningless. It's dumb in the sense that it's like, you just feel like it's like dumb in the sense of just like this complete 
consumption of like little tasks that just keep adding up. It's like that thing that just never, it's the never ending to-do list. Like you know that there's no actual stopping point. It's a checklist that continues and continues and continues. I don't know until maybe you're retired. I'm just not sure until your kids are in college. Probably not even then. Maybe till they're married probably and not. they have their own. Like, I don't know. Or does it ever end? Um, but I, I think I don't, <laughs> I don't think I want the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't either. I don't know. But I think that maybe there's a strange parallel between the invisible work we're doing in our homes um, to the invisible work that we do also as business owners. You know, that is super top of mind for me right now, because another thing that's had me all fired up, um, and you know this already, but yesterday I spent a bunch of time on the Oregon Secretary of State's website trying to renew our business license. And I'm telling you, like, I would feel so silly, like telling our employees, for example, like, oh, I spent three hours today just getting our business license renewed. But like, that's literally what happened. (laughs) And... I feel like the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur are literally those like things that are so silly, like they're the dumbest to-do list where you're just like checking all these boxes that you didn't even know needed to be checked on this, on these like multiple layers of bureaucracy. So you have the right licenses and numbers and filings, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's it's so hard. It's like this maze of things that just keep popping up with like new fines and new fees. And they take all your time and all your money to figure out what you need and how and where to get it. And rant. I mean, I think we just coined a thing. This is like the dumb to-do list. <laughs> because yes. yeah, I feel you so hard. Like it's those stupid things that you worry about that you you have to worry about. But they're like, they're just like nightmares in the logistics sometimes, or they're like nightmares in the actual, like, you know, having to go through the form or the process or the bureaucracy of it. It's like, it's those things that give you literal headaches that you just wish you could pass to somebody else. And then you realize there's nobody else to pass it off to. (laughs) Yes. So if anyone's listening, who's like a budding entrepreneur, I will pay you. If you figure out for me how to navigate bureaucracy, I will literally pay you to do that for me. So, you know, reach out. you're there same but yes that's the kind of stuff that like you want so badly to pass off but also you're like I couldn't even this isn't even a thing I could delegate and I think a lot of that is like the mom mental load and the business mental load like I wouldn't even know how to delegate the things that I find most frustrating or most time consuming where I'm sure my time could be better spent than you know trying to navigate the secretary of state's website but how would I even hand that off to someone? <laughs> like that's I not mean, a thing you can do. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I often feel like I am so ill-equipped with that kind of stuff because I like shut down as soon as it just feels like a ton of forms or like process or like frustrating, you know, dead ends or like trying to understand some language that I just can't make sense of. I'm always like, okay. And I do this thing. And I, it's, it's my sort of version of just like leaving, you know, and I don't mean to do it, but I recognize that sometimes I will do that. Like something will get asked and I'll go, oh no, oh no, I don't want to do that because that's going to be like this rabbit hole of tasks that are going to be this like three hour time suck. And I'm going to have to go onto some government website and it's going to be horrible. So maybe if I just go crickets on it, 
someone else will do it. <laughs> and that else, that else is you. So that's the worst part. Is it like I'm the shithead that will sometimes just stare at that email and go, maybe she'll respond. <laughs> I think we um, do it to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Someone save me from this. I don't want to do it. And I'll tell you, when pandemic struck, um, like when it was like first just really raining, you know, like everything was like chaos and crazy. Um, one of the things that I literally, and we, I called you and I was just like in a frenzy. I got all these um, forms from the government, like unemployment claims. But the thing was, is everybody was still working. Um, so it was super confusing. And they don't make those forms like the easiest things ever to just digest and sort of move on. It's like all these like check boxes and things and you have to like, I don't know, there's just so much process to it. And I had to like call you and we had to walk together through the first one because I had to like read it out loud and make sure I understood every little nuance, you know, in the multiple choice option. Um, and I was just talking to a friend about this who is a lawyer, how um, the LSATs uh, really greatly intimidated me because I thought that that's what I was going to do because um, I am a terrible multiple choice test taker. So that skill I still don't have for government forms, for tests. Please don't ask me to do them. <laughs> well, you dodged a bullet by not going to law school. Yeah. That I would have been your life. Bullet. I know. And I would have been horrible at it. You would have been oh, so miserable. So miserable. I would have cried every day. I'd be crying at my desk right now. And I think like what's, what's extra hard about like those unemployment forms or like our business licenses or like all those like kind of like logistics and bureaucracy about running a business is they're also really important. Like you actually can't blow off unemployment forms. Like that's somebody's like ability to pay their rent potentially or being able yes. to like feed their family. And so it's not, even if you're like, Oh my God, I hate this and I don't know how to do it. You like really have to face down the beast. And I think that's part of the mental load too is like, I know whenever I'm like doing some, something like that, I'm like, okay, I, I, A, hate this with every fiber of my being and also B, don't fuck this up because this matters for something important. Yep. <laughs> Even if I don't know exactly what that is, it is important. So I can't just like, I can't like breeze through this or I can't just, you, you know. You can't blow it off. And no. Yeah. And even when you try to just like let it passively sort of go through your inbox it's still there it's still there I know like, and then if you do blow it off it. like your business registration or whatever then you pay like astronomical fines for being late because yes we've been there more than once unfortunately that's true unfortunately uh yes you know related to this like this like importance piece um there was something that Jeremy said in our episode with him, which was um, a couple episodes ago. It's called Oh Brother, Go Listen If You Haven't. But something that Jeremy said to me um, really affected me. And it was like this huge weight, I think, off of like my own sort of like mental anguish or something. But do you remember he was like, we were talking about his decision to leave the company. And something he said that really affected me was he said, you know, I had the power to just walk away. I didn't have to like worry about payroll. I didn't have to like 
tell investors what had happened. I didn't have to deal with any of that like fallout. I could just, I had the freedom to walk away. And I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but I think that mental load is so real. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm ever not thinking about payroll. It doesn't matter how much money's in the bank. I'm always thinking about payroll. And I think that's something that um, I know in, in the past, like we've tried to communicate to people, like this is what, you know, sort of the overhead of, of being an entrepreneur is or having employees. And I don't know that we've ever really gotten through to anyone who's not been there. So to hear Jeremy say that was really, really validating. And it didn't lessen any of that anxiety I have about all those important things we're in charge of, but it did make me feel better to be seen in that way. Oh yeah. So validating. I mean, because we've had so many, uh, we're, we're a small, 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 small company. <laughs> so the majority of our employee employees are like part of our family. And that often comes with, you know, people stepping in and wanting more of an ownership role or at times even a stake in the company. And it's really hard to navigate that stuff um, and do it with grace um, and also with like a foundation, a strong foundation of like, you know, here, here's my mental load checklist that you're not even aware of because I don't know how to articulate all of the extra stuff that I have to do and worry about. Um, it's like an impossible, it's that dumb checklist that you just like can't even, you can't put it on your fridge because it literally would just, it would never end and you would never ever really get the satisfaction of checking it completely off. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really, it's been a really interesting part of entrepreneurship. Um, and I think in sort of our, uh, in our management and, and how we, you know, sort of look at um, people's roles in the company. Yeah. And those talks have fallen apart in the past because there was this unbreachable distance between how we approach the business and how an employee and granted a very valuable, super close, super invested employee does. Um, there's just no getting around that it's a different experience, a different way of showing up in the business. And to me, when I saw first saw that cartoon about the mental load that mothers experience, I had this like double light bulb moment because I was like, okay, this is exactly how I feel as a parent. And this is also how I feel as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, because you don't get to decide what to worry about or not worry about. You don't have to worry about walking away. You can shut down at the end of the day or go on vacation and you're fine. Um, you can get married. You can get married. about it on your wedding day. For example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, whereas like clearly from your wedding example, like we never get to separate that business stress from our own stress. It's like this completely integrated experience. Like we own that it's part of our bodies and there's no stepping away from it. There's no setting it down. There's no delegating it, no matter how much we might like to. Um, and I think one, there was one person in particular where a person that I still love dearly um, and who was like really instrumental in, she was like this wonderful human being who came into our lives and she became like family. Um, and we were prepared to give this person a stake in our company, 
like a pretty good chunk of the pie. Um, but it became really clear during the process that there was this like real divide in understanding. Like, I don't know how we could have, I don't, I wish that we could have done a better job sort of explaining and demonstrating the weight that we were carrying and the reason that we were keeping a certain amount of equity for ourselves in this proposal. Um, especially because we weren't asking that person to take on even a tiny part of that mental load. Um, all we were looking for was acknowledgement. Yeah. And that acknowledgement, I mean, if you think about in your own partnership as a mother, you know, like that acknowledgement of the mental load that you carry, it's, it's the, sometimes the thing that stops you from, you know, halts you in your tracks from, will I cause like, or at least in my, my partnership <laughs> as a mom, it stops me in my tracks from like, will I have a full, full blown argument over this with my partner or, oh, they acknowledged that I did this thing. Okay. Okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And I think that acknowledgement of that weight is so important because it's so hard, like already to just articulate that. And then I think, you know, where we're sitting, it also makes us, or it makes me feel, I shouldn't speak for you, but it makes me feel like maybe they don't value like what I'm actually contributing. Um, and it's, and it's like, it's super hard to say like, Hey, you don't have to stress about this, or we're not going to put this worry on you that we worry about. Um, like, we both have diarrhea and you don't have to have it too. <laughs> like that's how I feel. It's like I'll have the diarrhea and you can have, you know, super solid poops, but you can still get, you know, all of the other rewards. And it's like, I just, I don't know how else to articulate that. It's like, you don't have to take on any debt or you don't have to put in a significant amount of money that, you know, we, and we didn't even talk about that, but like, just not even the sort of mental load aspect of it, the actual like contribution of time, but we've both contributed money into the business and we never even asked people to do that. Um, no. And I think it's so, it's so interesting how hard that is to articulate to people. Um, like what a stress that is. It's like, you know, here you can eat a whole, like, I mean, diarrhea, I don't know why that's on my mind, but it's like, you can, <laughs> you can eat a whole cauliflower and you get to walk away and have like a nice solid poop where, you know, that might not be the case for us. It's like, we just have to know that that stress is going to come with it. Um, I just made yes. rice cauliflower. So that's probably where this is coming from. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's a day. Uh, yes. Um, anyway <laughs> it's invisible labor I mean that's that's what it is um and whether it's you know mental load in your business or in your home um they feel they feel too similar they really do they really do and I think too like sometimes there's that there's a collision of mental labor where it's like we talked about on our last episode how our husbands who are both wonderful and very helpful in certain aspects of the business, but will sometimes bring that into like personal time um, <laughs> and how frustrating that can be. And I know sometimes there's like this collision of like where your mental load for work and your mental load for home, like all kind of comes together and it just feels like this overwhelming thing. Like it's so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 
it's that thing like that you do every day that you're just carrying around. Um, it's that dumb checklist or that dumb to-do list about all the things that you have to do and all the people who are waiting on you to do it, who are waiting for a text, a confirmation, an email, a birthday card, an acknowledgement. It's like, I don't know. It's like you, you walk into your day and you're like, I have a hundred things that I'm already worried about in life, like just my personal life that I have to like think about all those little pieces that I have to tie together. And then you walk into your work day as an entrepreneur and it's like, that doesn't stop. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, Oh, did you remember to acknowledge employee X for, you know, doing a great job on this thing? And also, did you remember it's their birthday next week? Um, did you remember to celebrate, you know, this thing and also to check off the payroll, you know, tax, whatever. It's like, there's just this constant checklist and it's this balancing game of like, do I have everything organized and can I actually check some of this stuff off? Um, and does it ever, any of it go away? <laughs> the answer is no. Away. Nope. <laughs> never goes away. Mm-mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then I guess on top of that, like we've just talked about the actual to-do listing. Um, I think the last, or at least for me, one of the last things that, or a couple last things that we haven't even brought up, um, that are part of this mental load and this stress and this, like, you know, the constant state of diarrhea, um, as I've kind of, I don't know where that came from, to be honest, but I don't know. I'm going to stick with it. Um, is, <laughs> um, it's not only just like the, the government filings, the taxes, the lawyers, the legal stuff, whatever. It's like, anytime you have to deliver bad news, guess who does that? Guess who stays up late worrying? Yep. Any big decision you have to make, like who signs off on that? <laughs> there, like, there are days when sometimes there's like these big decisions that we're trying to make and I just want to like hide and then reappear when it's all said and done. And like, <laughs> it's why I hate when my husband asks me like, what do I want to do for dinner? It feels like such a hostile question. I'm like, why would you ask me that you asshole? And it's like a perfectly reasonable question, but it makes me crazy because I just feel like it's another decision I have to make. Or when you're like with a group and someone's like, Oh, should we get takeout? Like, what should we get? And I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I don't make that decision. <laughs> yeah, it's really like the little things that can break your back, right? When you're carrying around all the like big stuff, and then all of a sudden, someone wants you to like, I don't know, pick out an outfit, and you're like, fuck that. I cannot do it. I cannot. I cannot help you with your outfit, and I also do not help with takeout orders. <laughs> <laughs> You all pick the food you want to eat and I'll eat whatever comes and I will not complain, um, which is true. I will not complain. So if you ever do takeout with me, know that I will be perfectly content and I will never say a word about what you ordered, even if I think it's total trash. There's just so many pieces of entrepreneurship and also mother, mothership, motherhood, um, mothership. I kind of like that. Um, I, I do too. Let's, let's change it to mothership. Mothership that, uh, yeah, that just feel really closely related. And until I became a mom two years ago, I guess I would have just never, I never realized that. I never realized like how intertwined um, some of that is and just, you know, all those big decisions and things that you, you know, sort of have to mentally check off every day or the things that keep you up at night and consume you, whether it's 
you know, my kid has a rash, should I call a doctor or is it going to go away on its own? Is it just mostly benign um, to like, oh crap, did I remember to fill out that form correctly? It's like everything just feels so consuming and it's those little things that like wake you up. Like you start to fall asleep. I did that last night and I like woke up with a start and I had to check my phone one last time because I was like, I have something to say about this. And, you know, at 11 p.m., I felt like this weird, like, mental checklist of, like, did I do this thing? I need to check on it, like, work-wise. And I was like, no, you should just go to bed. But it, it's that <laughs> stuff that just keeps you up. <laughs> and whether it's your kid, it's your dog, it's your, you know, it's actually your business, it's that mental load is very real and it's very um, exhausting. And I wish sometimes somebody else would just carry it for me. Do you want to? No, girl. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, did you like how I slid that question in there as if I was, like, actually saying something nice? <laughs> uh, I've had a lot of coffee today um, and cauliflower last night, so there we go. Woo! Pooping for days. I know. Oh, but the cauliflower... Um, I don't know why this is an appropriate time to talk about this, but I have, I've been telling everybody and I think nobody cares, um, but it's so good. And I made it up. So I feel really proud because it was like a dinner hack that I felt really good about, but I basically riced cauliflower the night before. So it was already ready to go. And then I, uh, yeah, like I know everybody's riced cauliflower at this point, like welcome to 2020. Um, but it was already like, that part's hard. I hate chopping cauliflower and then ricing it. It's just a mess and I hate it. But yeah. It was already done. So I threw it in a pan, like olive oil, some oregano, some cumin, some salt and pepper. Got it nice and golden. And then I added some diced tomatoes without the juice. Um, and then I toasted pumpkin seeds and threw them in there. And then fresh cilantro. And then I made basically like quesadillas and stuffed the cauliflower in as though it were like taco meat. Um, oh. and my whole fam, like two-year-old included, were pumped on it. And it all in all with it, so say your cauliflower is already riced, or maybe you go to Trader Joe's and you buy the stuff in the freezer section, whatever. Um, all in all, it took me like, I don't know, 15 minutes from start to finish. So highly recommend. That's my recipe and I'm sticking with it. Wow. Great invention. Yeah. It was delish. Highly recommended. I don't know why that's on the podcast, but there you go. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it and want to hear more, we'd appreciate you subscribing and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. We'd also love to hear what you're going through. Send a 30-second audio clip to hi at shinyobjects.live and we may feature you on a future podcast. Thanks for listening and come back soon.